0: There are also some kind of ultimate stages of technological transhumanism, which um, are not really in existence today, but um, society is rapidly moving in this direction. Um, One example of kind of an ultimate stage of technological transhumanism would be downloading your mind. Um, That's what I talk about in my book, Virtually Human, uh, that uh, Professor DeVores mentioned at the beginning. So by being able to basically replicate your personality and your um, recollections, um, your choices um, in social media and stuff like that, uh, whether you realize you're downloading your mind or not, you are. And for the first time in history, large portions of what's in our mind is actually stored outside of our mind in cloud servers. Um, Of course, it's like super radical to then like dispense with your body. Um, and um, that will also uh, dispense with your mind, unless both you have downloaded your mind and you've been able to access some software which doesn't exist anywhere in the world today that's able to provide a consciousness operating system to that downloaded mind. So this is something which is not in existence today but um, I think all the technology trends are that it will be in existence before the middle of this century.
1: Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca, with co-host, teacher and socialist Andy Luxon and right-wing teacher Jessica. We are online at What's what'sleftpodcast.com. Again, that's what's left podcast.com. You can find that link to our blog in the episode notes. You can also find our, so- our personal social media handles as at Don Eduardo Varca and at Zep-D-K-E for in Kenny Sapeda on Instagram and just his Twitter handle as at jhomie 89 uh, Please subscribe, each of you, turn on your notifications and share your favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Thank you. All right. Uh, we'll be discussing... Uh, the topic of transhumanism but before that i'd like to introduce well i don't have to introduce <laughs> uh john klyzak who's been a frequent guest who's been awesome who's been a part of the west left family team and so i'll just quickly say uh for anyone that is listening to john klyzak you should check out his school world order uh book the technocratic globalization of corporatized education um, by Trident day books and he is a contributor to new politics Center for Research on Globalization, Upbeat News, the Intrepid Report, the Dissident Voice, and Unlimited Hangout. Uh, welcome back, John Kleisick. It's great, great to have you here with us, Jake. As always. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, joining us, Jake. Um, and uh, we look forward to having a discussion with you on transhumanism. Um, for our viewers and listeners who have been following us, we've had two of the last episodes on uh, trans genderism and uh or trans ideology or trans issues and we've had a very live discussion it was a very <laughs> it was pushed onto us by andy Lipson. <laughs> it was adamant that we had that conversation <laughs> no i'm kidding uh no it was uh it was a conversation that we were bound to have at some point and we had it uh people can check out the episode the last two episodes and these um, episode notes and in this episode notes um, and but today we're going to have the conversation on transhumanism and we've invited Jake for that because um, there were conversations that were had. I was not in those conversations in previous episodes but we hope that we can take on this issue just like as like a whole, of make a whole episode of it uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add Andy or Jess
2: uh, I do just to say in some ways, um, we it feels like we've been talking about transhumanism in a number of episodes, at least certainly mentioning it, but uh, for me, I really actually want to use this episode to just say, okay, what is this thing? Um, one of the reasons, and Eduardo, when I said we, I want to do this episode, you kind of said, hey, I, that you would do it if we had Jake on, and I agree with you because in many ways, certainly with a person who comes from a background of Marxism, transhumanism is, is, transhumanism is not Part of the discussion among that section of the revolutionary left and I became introduced to terms like transhumanism from Allison and from Jake a little bit from my first readings of Whitney Webb's writing but Jake I think you are the person who has done the most to talk about it in a historical way in a way that we would as Marxists if we were actually looking into this thing um, which I think we should have been looking into this thing and we haven't um uh And so that's why I really wanted you here because I actually want all of us to have a discussion about what do we think transhumanism is? Like we did once have a discussion, what do we think Fourth Industrial Revolution is? And in some ways, my question is, is there a difference between Fourth Industrial Revolution and transhumanism? I think there might be, but um, in terms of how a person would describe it, but I don't know, I'm not sure. Um, So that's what I hope to do here is to just sit and just talk and almost meditate on this thing so, to see what we all think it is and how we would, and then I think, Jake, you can fill in some pieces of some of the history of where it comes from. Like the woman, uh, Jessica, can you remind me of the person who sent a video you sent a video of? She's a trans person. Uh,
3: this, the, yeah, the transgender to transhumanism. Well, it's actually a book written by a man named, well, a man who thinks he's a woman, Martine Rothblatt, who is, I'm pretty sure a self-proclaimed transhumanist. Yeah, um, and, and also, yeah, I mean, caught up in the fourth industrial revolution for sure. Owns pharmaceutical, a pharmaceutical company, and is cloning pigs and all of that kind of stuff, which yeah. we can get into or not. But and I'm amazing. sorry, hold on. did
4: you say
5: that person in the interview uh, owns a pharmaceutical company, or that I, I?
3: Yeah, he yeah. owns um it's called something therapeutics yeah and they do like gene shit they do cloning all kinds of stuff he is the he is the highest earning woman ceo on the planet except for the minor fact that he's a man um so yeah, he's not like I. I sent that thing because I think last week we were talking about like members of the capitalist class, and he would certainly be a member of the capitalist class. Okay, okay. we would
2: right. we we would agree on. I would agree on that. Um, I would I will still call them she. Um, but that's part of our discussion from last week. But I'm not. I don't think that's the part re- reason we're talking about it. What I thought was so useful about you sending that out, Jessica, was the fact that they were like, they very much saw the connection in the way that you talked about it between their transgender experience and beliefs and the, uh, pushing a transhumanist agenda. Um, and so it was, and in doing that made me say, well, what do, what would we say? Transhumanism is some of those, some of these definitions may come from that presentation, but their even their notion, uh, Martin's notion of transhumanism was like they were saying came back from some, some, comic book in 1996. So it seemed like they had very little understanding of even the, the history, their own history of transhumanism I, that to me, that person had little knowledge of actually the way I've heard about the history of transhumanism um, because it's, it's got a richer history, history than that. It's my understanding. So anyway, so I just want, I feel like having Jake here, Is somebody for me gives me another authoritative voice who's looked more into this stuff and and can fill out our conversation about it
1: um so before we like even delve deeper into this can we just define transhumanism let's just get back to like the fundamental i think it's important i don't know if you want to take a shot at it i have i pulled up just in reading about it uh, over this week, I just thought, oh, just use something like the Britannica encyclopedia of what they say. It's just a brief definition. Should I do that, or just someone else want to take a shot at it? Go ahead. All right. Well, this is defined as tra- um, in the Britannica transhumanism, philosophical and scientific movement that advocates the use of current and emerging technologies such as genetic engineering, cryonics, artificial intelligence, and nanotechnology to augment human capabilities and improve the human condition transhumanists envision a future in which the responsible application of responsible application of such technologies enables humans to slow reverse or eliminate the aging process to achieve corresponding increases in human lifespans and to enhance human cognitive and sensory capacities the movement proposes that humans with augmented capabilities will evolve into an enhanced species that transcends humanity the quote Posthuman unquote. So that just I think wraps it up,
3: uh, yeah, it was kind of fast, but i I think I think I mostly agree with that definition. I mean, just on a very basic level, I just think about like the etymology, and it's like trans, right? As in to go beyond or to transcend. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like moving transcending what it is to be human, superhuman, moving, moving beyond. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know that I really have a whole lot to add just on a like definitional level.
2: I think the parts that I would take issue with, because that definition in of itself is a cell job, right? Cause it speaks of the process as augmentation as improvement. Um, and I, I, very and then it kind of at the very end it kind of says oh by the way we're going to tra- create a new species and to me it's not even just the notion of creating a new species it's it's separating people's um, separating separating people's identity from themselves and putting it into an electronic form in a digital form with the idea that well again the cell point with the idea that this type of person separated from their body. Um, is does and,
3: it has to be digital?
2: I believe it does. Um, in my opinion, that's just and somebody can put it in a different way, but I, I believe it's explicitly stating that this new species is a digital species and that it exists outside the body and therefore can, can grow and live forever. Um, and so that's the piece that I, that to me is what transhumanism is is that is that goal. Now, again, it, that also in, it comes within a class-divided society, so it only speaks of what, 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 the, fu- what the future could be like for the rulers, in my opinion. It, it, it is silent on what the lives of would be like for the people who are ruled, but that's another question, because I don't believe that fate, living forever within a thing, is one that's actually being constructed for um, the people who are going to stay as humans. But anyway, that's that is my opinion about what transhumanism is.
5: Yeah, I mean, all of that is accurate. Um, I would say that uh, I would add a little more historical context to it and just say that it's the second iteration of eugenics, and historically it comes out of. Eugenics, it was Julian Huxley, who was Aldous Huxley's brother. Julian was the first director general of UNESCO. He was the president of the British Eugenics Society. And in a book published in either 1958 or 1959, the book is titled uh, New Bottles for New Wine, which is a play on, uh, it's a biblical scripture. It's in Matthew and a couple of the other gospels um in in the it refers to the, the context of uh, when Christ is referring to what's sometimes called being born again right? and if you're born again uh you don't using the metaphor of the wine and the wine skin you don't put old a new wine in an old wine skin you have to put it in a new wine skin so you need a new body and so that he's you know, Julian is playing on that term and it's in that book that he coins the term transhumanism basically says that we can still, control the evolution of the human species through the selective process the selective breeding process and through the that would have been known as uh, positive eugenics is what they referred to it when the so-called um superior genetic specimens would basically interbreed uh coupled with what they call negative eugenics which is where they would um basically remove the so-called unfit from the uh I air quoted the wrong part, the unfit part should have been air quoted. Uh they removed them from the gene pool through sterilization, euthanasia, abortion, etc. Um, he says we can still do all of that, but really the way that we're gonna evolve, he says, is through machines and ideas. Uh, and machines, uh, this is 58, so we don't have the modern uh, information technologies, the digital computers that we have now, although a lot of the ideas were uh, already sort of, the theories were sort of laid out at the Macy Cybernetics conferences, so, so the concept was already there, it wasn't, it wasn't just working with the idea of uh, old school, uh, you know, the, the mechanical industrial revolution, And you know, they, they had this sort of this digital revolution in mind. Um, and so it's it's the transhumanism is the outgrowth of eugenics. It has largely the same goals, which is to control evolution. Uh, I would also just add that uh, it basically synthesizes the biological and the psychological sciences, so the concept of nature and nurture. So nature being the whole field of eugenics, nurture being the idea that you could engineer Humanity based on uh, how you structure the environment and how they would psychologically respond with particular behaviors and reactions to particular environmental stimuli. So you take that and you basically remove the take the stimulus uh, through a, a series of evolutions through like this a lot of stuff I talked about is ed tech. You develop something called neurotech and then basically you can you can program the biology and psychology directly through the body through the through the neurotech Uh, and one more thing i just want to say is that uh there is also and i think this this will get us into some of the stuff that you all talked about last time or uh in relation to the the video that we're discussing today as well and that is that with the changes in the actual physiological and technological structures of the body and the environment merging together. As that happens, you need to recategorize those things in terms of not just linguistic categories, but in terms of values. And so along with that comes um, new value systems that are talked about in that video. Some of them sort of this transgender ideology bridging the gap but if you notice in that video uh, she also refers to um basically once we start synthesizing digital or computational consciousnesses that this will create another category of of pers- personhood that will get us another step closer to the to the end game which is uh something that you might distinguish between the transhuman and the post-human. I know you read that and said that they're sort of synonymous, but there's people argue about that. And some people say that the post-human is where the transhuman is where we're still largely biological, but we got some, some wearables and some implantables and, you know, you're sort of half cyborg, half a person versus the posthuman is you're, you're, you've been entirely downloaded, you're a completely digital, existing either in a VR or an bot swarm or a robotic uh, swarm or, or a robotic machine or, or something to that, to that degree.
3: So just recap,
5: I know that's a lot, just to recap, right? It's basically, it's eugenics, it's the synthesis of right, the biological and psychological sciences through neurotech, and it also involves a new system of values. Um, and there might be a
1: difference between transhuman and post. I appreciate you saying that Jake about, uh, eugenics uh, compared to the eugenics movement, because, uh, I also think it's a, it, that that is a part of the agenda that, to breed superhumans. Uh, at some point in one of the episodes in the very beginning of what's left, I remember we talked about, um, technology possibly be, being able to liberate the working class from like the workforce that was tedious or that or 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 just being like this this thing that chained us right like and technology was able to possibly free us from some of those tasks so that we can be creative people i think you remember that andy that we had discussion like that but the more after especially after we've talk to Alison. And the more I keep thinking about these things, it's just like the more blood I, I, we have to be, you know, and I, I, um, I think that this, this, this desire to breed superhumans is not, it's, it's not far fetched. Sometimes I feel when we discuss things like Davos and, uh, the world economic forum and, and stuff like I feel, or the fourth industrial revolution or anything of this, I sometimes feel as if people might just consider us conspiracists, but this stuff is actually happening. And so I wanted just to pull up just a few things, just very briefly, like that this is not, this is not far-fetched. Just like in my, um, in, 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 just like in, in the episode of Tech, there are concrete, real things and people we can point to that show and demonstrate that This is in the works. This is really in the works, and we're not just talking, like, just to talk here for viewers and listeners. Like, this is and and this is real stuff. Uh, For example, there's synthetic production of hormones such as, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I'm just reading erythropoietin, which is naturally produced in the kidneys and increases the production of red blood cells. And adaptive technology such as bionic implants and carbon fiber prosthetics are sought out not only by people with blood disorders or disabilities, but also by non-disabled athletes looking to boost their performance. So these are things that are going to be used. And people who are, I guess it's like very minor. I can bring up other examples, but like the people who are pushing for this stuff, they're pushing for this stuff, obviously Silicon Valley, the transhumanism is supported by Larry Page, the co-founder of Google, and as well as uh, uh, Tesla's Elon Musk and, and 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 jeff bezos and all these people and they're creating labs that are going to push for these things i i um i i just don't know how else like like how else or how, what this this craving or this what do you call it this desire for us to like enhance ourselves is to live far for, for like more than beyond like for the years that we have Okay, I have the suspicion that, like, Queen and and other uh, royals have these humans that give them their parts, their like organs, like young organs, and then transplant it. And the reason why I have the suspicion is because I'm Mexican, all right. And in Mexico, you can basically go to a very a black market, all right, and you can go buy organs. For people to have transplants this is actually like i've been to those markets i don't so i'm thinking if this if this can be done by people who have money middle class folk this certainly can be done by the rich the powerful and the rich and so i don't know if i want to include that part maybe that's too far out there like this is a suspicion but to me
3: eduardo like rothblatt not to bring everything back to him but Rothblatt one of the things that he's like really striving toward with all of these companies that he owns is to have limitless organ donations for everybody who would possibly need an organ whether it's because they whether it's because it's like medically necessary or because it's like oh I want this organ as an expression of my identity as like human rights or whatever like that this is like I, I, that's not a coincidence. Yeah, we should... Oh, my God. We should do a whole episode on fucking the organ. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, this is the reason why...
1: Go ahead, Jake.
0: No, no, I'm just listening. <laughs> I'm just laughing. No, no,
1: but this is, like, me being Latino and from Latin America, I was just telling Jess yesterday, I think it was, there are women who are now giving up their bodies to to surrogacy. This is unregulated. There's just... And you can sign off babies to give away, like this stuff can be done. And who is this market for? U.S. Americans were coming to Colombia. That is what I've just even on the BBC, a mainstream news source, that just reported on that. So uh, I'm I'm not I'm not like that's why Latinos don't have like they they have a lot of conspiracy ideas because we see this on the ground, and so for us to think that the elite rich and powerful could do this, it's not far-fetched for us because there's a lot of people that already do it who have money and power and they just go to these markets and get this stuff. So this desire to live longer, I'm, I'm just reading here, I'm going to read this in 2013, Page, Larry Page, the Google co-founder that I mentioned, uh, a, uh, de- uh, a launched Calico Life Sciences, LLC, Calico Labs, a research and development company dedicated to extending a human lifespan Through advanced technologies, in early 2022, Bessels and other backers invested $3 billion in Altos Labs, a biotechnology company seeking to reverse aging and disease. Musk founded SpaceX in 2002 in hopes of establishing human colonies on the moon and Mars and launched Neuralink in 2016 to develop implantable brain chips. Implantable brain chips. Like, this is not just Black Mirror. In July 2022, the brain chip company Cycron announced that it had successfully implanted the chip in the brain of an ALS amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. I'm terrible. Sorry, English is not my first language. Patient in the United States. The chip was designed to enable severely paralyzed patients to operate digital forms of communication with their thoughts. So, I mean, so I'm just telling you like real world stuff so that we can begin this episode with your mind is listening, and listen, viewers, and listeners, like with an open mind to, like, this is real stuff that's happening. And uh, I hope that this conversation continues and we'll explore in depth, like, what this means as folks, like, what the society, what's gonna look like for us, and why we should oppose it. Anyhow, that, that's just my comment. So thank you for bringing that up about the eugenics compared to the eugenics movement, or a part of the eugenics movement.
3: Uh, well, I think it's interesting, like the connection that you brought up with surrogacy. I mean, with the organ thing, and then, um, surrogacy as well. Because I don't know, I mean, maybe this is a whole different conversation, but I totally view surrogacy as eugenics and transhumanist. So, yeah, I mean, it's part of like this whole notion of selecting, you know, selective breeding the idea that your body is just like this vessel. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, we can, we could unpack that particular lane more, but I feel like maybe Andy, you had thoughts on like the transhumanist definitions. Yeah.
2: So I don't know if y'all agree with what I'm going to say. So I'm going to go ahead and first off it's, I mean, Eduardo, I think all the things you spelled out are, they're happening. um, and the only the only part i would disagree with is the notion that the implant is being put in it's being created so the people who can't move or is to empower anybody or empower anybody who is not disempowered it is completely a tool for for ruling class empowerment in my opinion and i want to speak to it a little bit more later and and the question of harvesting people's organs whether they be from third world countries or poor that's not something that might be happening. Actually, I, I, I'm pretty sure there's a long history of that kind of stuff going on for the t- for all the time that modern science has been able to do organ transplants, is there has been a class divide issue around that, which has only gotten more pronounced um, to the point where I'll even say, in light of the fact that I do believe secret societies exist, I do believe that they are willing to kill children and drink their blood. and These are things that elites people will do in places like uh, Barthemian Grove you know, and the weird ass places that they get to, then of course, the idea that those people uh, have some sort of dream of living forever by consuming parts or or integrating parts of other humans. Absolutely. Um, And that, that to me is not a conspiracy. That's just, that's how these people are. Um, But I guess the part I want to, so for me, because when I talk about socialism Really, socialism is really about an end. Of course, there's a process, but it's about an end. Work, work, working class taking powers, working class democracy, whether a person agrees with that, but it's about an end. It's about the, the the reason a person would be defined as a socialist is because of the revolution that they're fighting for or that they want. And in, in the same way as a capitalist would want an, a particular end, it's not the process is less important as, as about to the end. And that's what is important for me about defining transhumanism. Because while there can be a process to transhumanism, and that person, I still can't pronounce their their name, but whatever, talked about that process and said there was a spectrum from contact lenses to uh, integrating certain, uh, changing your DNA in certain ways, they were pretty explicit that the end was to to separate yourself from a DNA-based reproduction to a database reproduction, uh, that is, for an electronic reproduction, where you were reproducing uh, code uh, reproducing electronically, as opposed to reproducing as a biological being, um, and that end to me is is critical to understand. Like that's what transhumanism is. I don't know why there's people even saying posthumanism versus transhumanism. To me, transhumanism is about the fact that there is a set of people who want to live forever and who know that their biological selves cannot do it, and so they have come upon the idea. Well, that's part of it they have partly come upon the idea that they need to separate their mind mo- essentially their mind what they see as their mind or soul data wise into something that can contain it forever and it could live forever from the body which is which is um, which is finite so that to me is a key feature of transhumanism because built into that is a divide which ex- has always existed in capitalism and has only grown greater and greater which is mental and manual labor the rulers to the extent, to the extent that there's rulers, they have always put themselves in the area and of the mental, the mental workers, if you will, and that physical workers, uh, manual workers, and I'm not just talking about truck drivers, but anybody who has where where your body is a part of what you do. The more that is part of something you do, you are on the exploited end of the spectrum, and the, the tendency has been the more you are. On uh, the mental part of it, the possibility for rule exists, and to me, transhumanism is the final break, like f- the final perf- perfect state of the separation of of the of the mental from the manual, of the of the physical from the mental. Um, and it makes very much sense to me that when we talk about that for the transhumanist, when the, when we, when they vi- vision ruling, that's them ruling as the new species with them downloaded onto a computer but when you think about the people the people who are going to experience the semi-transhumanism and this is why i don't call it transhumanism are going to be the ruled those are going to be the people with implants those are going to be people with with their physical bodies but the implants are ways that the that the data essentially can control them because it, it, it gets back to me to, to cyborg 2050 essentially all those different things that they were putting into those soldiers were always about sep- about having them connected To a central brain that was, and they talked about it in terms of AI, but to me, uh, I don't, when you think about transhumanism, I don't think about AI. I mean, AI is going to be there. I think about electronic transhumanist heads, that is people who who are data dumping themselves down to this form where they see themselves as controlling humanity through the physical world, through uh, their electronic place that they exist. Um, And so I don't put all that cyborg craziness as just as part of the transhumanist. uh, Like I see that as just an outcome of them building a control mechanism for how the, the mental world, which is going to be the digital world, will control the physical world. And they're going to be in the mental world and they're going to be in that digital world. And the rest of us are going to be in the physical world, but tied to it through implants and things that make it such that we are subject to them that we can be controlled by them, that we can be monitored by them, and ultimately directed by them. Um, So that's, again, I I know, for me, I I always blend it with the way I see the world constructed as a Marxist and how I see capitalism working. But for me, transhumanism has to be understood as the endpoint of what they call a new species, not the process part. The process part is less important than where where it goes to the end. And and that's why I would never say, well, if you're if you if you think a posthumanist thinks different than a transhumanist, then I don't know what a transhumanist is. Transhumanist to me has to mean what the that one person who gave the talk, the Martine person, um, that you're looking to create a new species in the digital in the digital realm for for a, and, and she put it in terms of everyone can have access to it. In fact, we're going to help you pay for it. That's horseshit. I believe it's going to be reserved for only the people who will rule. Like they want to.
5: Design a lot of this stuff initially as like for dis- disabilities, right? So Parkinson's syndrome, uh, epilepsy, or right? You, you uh prosthetics, limbs, right? Uh, people that are, that are paralytic, things like that, okay? Uh, but then with this, with something like uh, you know, uh, with, with, let's just go with the prosthetics, right? Like uh, was his, was his name Oscar Pistorius? Wasn't he the guy that they called Blade Runner? Okay, now he now he runs faster than you with your with your regular legs, right? And like so now, right? In the economy, you know, let's just say that that the, the people who were once at a disadvantage based on whatever disability they might have had, now they're at an advantage because of this accommodative technology. So then the economy moves in a direction that favors these people. So that means that even if you're not disabled, right, you're going to be incentivized to keep up and so this this thing just will keep going and if you're talking about like the brain chip
4: stuff or you know again a lot of it's for you know to help with different you know ne- neurological issues uh recent uh hoopla over the chat gpt right
5: and this thing is like you know writing essays and everybody's like oh wow uh, you know by the way it's, it's funded by um open ai labs which is or it's developed by OpenAI labs and that's that was uh, uh funded by elon musk and he was like a, a co-chair or something of it as well um but they're basically saying something like well this thing is going to be like it's going to basically replace a google search engine because why just ask google to just pull up a bunch of sources and then read through it when well, you can ask this thing a question and it can not only right pull up the information but sort of Give it to explain it to you in a very particular way. So, in other words, think about now. I can see a time as I know how academics are where that will be an accommodative or assistive technology for a student who uh, has cognitive, um, you know, is not cognitively on par with, with other students that, that uh, you know, whatever it might be. I have some, some language processing, whatever. So, it'll be. You know, you'll get a you'll get when you teach your class and you get uh, the,
1: the the letters. They're logically divergent. Yeah, they'll say.
5: Yeah, right. And you get those letters. That, well, this student's allowed these things when he or she is taking the test. Well, it'll be like, well, this student can use Chat GPT. So then the other student. Well, so hold on. So then the other students would be like, well, why can't I use Chat GPT? And then it'll just be like, well, you know, let's plug it into Neuralink, and everybody has a Chat GPT. So uh, what I'm saying, you know, I I guess I'm. I guess I'm agreeing with what you're saying as far as where
4: this goes and sort of, sort of the end game with it. Um, I, I there's other thing I'm going to have, but I'm just going to stop right there, but that, that's, yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so true. That like obviously everybody in my department was talking about that recently. And it was so funny to me because like one of the first suggestions that one faculty member had for like how we deal with this new, you know, frontier or whatever <laughs> of artificial intelligence writing essays or whatever, you know, because everyone's concerned about plagiarism. <laughs> like, that's like the underlying issue. Um, and they were like, oh, my God, like, there's this app that you can use to, you know, detect it or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so we're our solution for this technological problem is another technological like yeah, I don't even know what the app was, but it's just oh my god. Academics like you can kind of see like kind of back on what you were saying about like the separation of the mind, Andy, um, from I forget how you put it, but you know, essentially like the the fleshy <laughs> the fleshy body or <laughs> whatever. Um you can see why, like, all of the, all of the fucking transhumanists, I mean, not all of them, but, like, so many of them are, they emerge from academia, or, like, that's the four, like, the, the talk that we watched, right? Like, I think it was University of Victoria, and it's, like, a department of transhumanism or whatever, and and all the academics are, you know, studying it and singing praises and everything. Um. Anyway, yeah, that. I'm basically just ranting about <laughs> academics but but yeah i think the the chat thing was a good it's a good example of where we're headed
4: and by the way it's not that it's 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 if you just write headlines it sounds like it's way more uh
5: you know pseudo-sentient than you know what i mean like i i saw a panel of a bunch of other professors that were like I asked it this, it got it wrong, I asked it this, it got it wrong, but you know, there's so a lot of that I think is I mean the hype that it got, I think is uh you know, to 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 get us to believe in the 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 wonders of transhumanism and AI and have us like, oh before it but uh but you know, if it does go in the direction they want it to, that that's uh
4: that's what I would see is
3: Yeah, and if it's not that it'll be something else, you know. It yeah I, I agree. It's like overblown, but at the same time, once we're done talking about it, the faculty just go back to asking for more <laughs> technology in their classrooms. <laughs> <I'm> like okay, <laughs> great uh.
1: well, i mean i I guess I want to go back to Andy's comment for a bit because I feel as if I have conflicting views on this. I'm not sure if I just want to be clear. You're saying that it's beyond the cyborg enhancement world. You're saying that we're going to eventually just, that's one step of this movement, but it really is to basically
2: download us into this database for the future. Is that what you're arguing? Yeah, and again, I am a Marxist, workers and capitalists. Workers are going to be wearables and implants. Capitalists are going to be data. They are going to be essentially working in the, in the ether world with AI To control the people who are connected to the wearables so i I think we have to understand these technologies in a class divided society not as a spectrum not as a but but as a this is you you will be directed one way and the elite will be going another way they'll sell the project simultaneously to all of us talking about it in terms of like the way as if these things are being developed for people with paralysis that has zero to do with why these these technologies are being developed first of all it's most it's about profits entirely And it's about really ultimately profits and further control or total control while you're maximizing profits in their mind are going to be under the system where you have now completely separated mind from body. Body does the work. Mind does the decision-making.
4: Yeah, I see.
1: Um, I guess for me, I'm wondering, I don't know if it necessarily is for the entire population for us to be downloaded into a database. Maybe half or more than half, yes. But there is going to be, in my mind, going to be a sector or people that will have to still work in some form of, not like the agriculture we see today, but in feeding these bodies that we have. And they're going to be used and enhanced in order to take care of the rest of the workers who are like us, that are, I guess, downloaded and coked up to the ether of the internet. It just, to me, it doesn't, it. I, I don't see it plausible for the entire world just to be, I mean, maybe that's the But it is for me, like some folks are going to have to be actively engaged in this material world. And that will require, you know, is um, breeding of humans, or super babies, designing them, uh, and ex- experimentation. I think we've seen that, for example, in Nazi, right, like concentration camps, of so people being experimenting on babies. But it is going to, for me, it's going to, it, it does, I think it will take for people to continue to live here with those cyborg enhancements. It's it's kind of what I've been when when you were talking, I was thinking this in my head, and I thought I'd share that because it's it's um
4: it's uh I don't want to say it's uh I don't know it's, it's the whole
1: world of global societies to get there. I I don't know. There's something about I don't know if we we will do that. Some of us will be, there is a SpaceX, right? More programs will be launched and people leaving. And uh, I think that there's, there are limits or there needs to be people still to continuously engaging interactively, physically. Uh, that will not, they, we're just still humans. I think our human, our biology will keep us from being completely downloaded. It's my thinking.
3: Yeah, Andy, I was actually curious. I think I understood what you were saying, but like, if you think that end goal, especially in terms of the way you're talking about the capitalist class, like, I agree about workers. It's like, we're still going to be working. It's just we're going to have to add, you know, we're going to be faster and more efficient because we're going to have bionic limbs and wearables and chips and shit, right? But in terms of like the capitalist class becoming data, I don't know if that's what you said, but, um, yeah. do you think that's like achievable and what do you think, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that-
2: um, I, I, I still think that, so I understand, for me, I understand why this dream is achieved, why this dream is pursued by them. Um, you could put it in, in terms of living forever and the, and, and these people have always been about essentially about death, you know? Um, and so, you know, the, and then at the same time, they're terrified of death. And so they want that and they have egos that are off the charts. So they feel like there's somehow somewhere to benefit to keep these types of creatures alive forever. Uh, and they're only going to do that individually. So in part in their, in their minds, that's how I, how I see it operating individually, but as a class, I feel like they, they, they understand that in order to get control, they have to move ever further and separate themselves from the people they are controlling and have to great, create all sorts of distance from them and at the same time have to strengthen the bonds of control. And, what, and that's why I see, like, when you when, look at a factory, a factory has all these machines moving around. Why are those machines moving around? What are they connected to that's moving these machines around? Software, computers, okay? And I wanna say that even the physical computer that's, that is connected to is more physical than they wanna be. They just wanna be the software. They just wanna be the code that directs everything and is untouch, seemingly untouchable. And so that, that's how I see this. And so uh, I do have a question of what the connection is between AI and these creatures that they hope to become. Um, because AI is a different thing. AI is being built now within the data that's being collected by everything and everyone all the time. So I I believe actually, in my vision, AI is actually a mental competitor with these rulers um, as it develops. So that's to me is like, do they have this notion that they're going to get over on AI? But I very much believe that all the physical stuff that they're talking about, the cyborg stuff, is just for the Humans that are left to to do the work, and they're not going to need a lot because they're going to get us. We'll we'll be chasing wage dollars by getting the best up to date programs or wearables that will allow us to lift more or do more or think faster. Whatever we have to do for the capitalists to get their dollar in our pocket, well, it won't be in our pocket into our bank, uh, digital bank. Um, that's that's how they're going to get us. That's what they've been doing. Yeah, we, we 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 chase that cheese. So uh that's how i see this kind of going
5: i would say i would critique that a little bit and say that uh they want to be at the at the top of the transhumanist posthumanist pyramid they want to be able to do and be both at the same time what i mean is they want to be able to live in a virtual realm as software data but they also want to be able to then come back and interact with the physical environment, either through robotics or through, uh, as was discussed in that video and is discussed by Kurzweil. And, oh, there was a Russia 2045 project with some Russian billionaire. Kurzweil was at this event uh, and they, they laid out uh, a progression uh, of different transhumanist evolutions in in the highest form for them would be what that uh uh, was was talked about in the um in the in the video the rothblatt talked about the foglet people or the uh infinite comic book it's it's a it's basically a a a swarm of nanobots all right and so basically that spectrum you're talking about that has the, that has the destination. Like, I, I think what they, when, so when they say transhumanism in that instance, leading to post-humanism, they mean like transitional more than transcendent. And the transitional phases, I mean, this is how I came to, you know, the conclusion that my book was because, you know, I was working with this Watson thing that's data mining. Right, and so it's basically making algorithms so that it's going to be able to do what I do. So I'm like, okay, so this thing is is copying my intellectual cognitive al- algorithms, and then it's going to be able to perform those narrow functions in a narrow uh, uh, platform, right? Okay, and then I start to see the wearables. Okay, so these, so now AI is going to learn how to recognize emotions and. Yeah, I saw robotics that could they were supposed they, they said they were therapy bots for autistic kids because the expressions were very uniform and it, it, I guess the autistic people oftentimes have hard time reading body language and because these ropes, supposedly these robots that had, you know, clear smiley face, whatever, frowny face that right, so so now the robots doing two things, right? It's or AI is data mining and copying and performing thinking algorithms and feeling algorithms. Okay. And then they have robots that are gonna go ahead and hack that up. Okay, so now all you need at this point is something like Neuralink. And I just did a podcast the other day, so I watched some videos on it. And the Neuralink company referred to it as a Fitbit in the brain. What does a Fitbit do? It data mines all your various biometrics. So now you've got the kinesthetic algorithms, the thinking algorithms, the feeling algorithms. Eventually, what this thing is doing while it's helping you move around and stuff, it's taking that data, and it, it can eventually basically scan a map of your brain and all the different algorithms right we've already sort of categorized them beforehand and we've developed them the narrow functions now we take that and ideally they think they'll be able to aggregate all those different little the feeling the thinking the moving they'll be able to scan it together first put it in in a virtual realm but eventually be able to download either into a robot or uh the the foglet body would do was enable you to be, behave in the real world the same way that you could behave in the metaverse. Meaning in the metaverse, right, you can be different avatars, right? You don't have to have the same body every day because you can just pick this new, right, uh, you know, uh, character or whatever. And what the metaverse is going to do in the interim is basically calibrate the way that your avatar interacts with other virtual objects. That will create the, the, uh, the calibrate the algorithms for, For you to move from the to be a software being in the metaverse to come out and to interact with through augmented reality in the physical world through the internet of things it'll take that the calibrations of how you interact with the digital objects overlay it onto the physical objects and then you would through your foglet body you could little push a little button or whatever you do you think it in in metaverse or whatever and your your little nanobots think that each one is like a pixel on a screen with and it would just take the shape you want with the colors you want and then you would interact with uh your internet of things the same way you would with the metaverse and so that's that's what they want but so then the question is will there still be these, these uh halfway cyborgs because at that point why do you need like, why do you need to have these um, you know, sort of arrested development cyborgs? like if, I'm, at that point, if they're able to get that far down the the pipe, you're telling me you couldn't just engineer a bunch of other nanobot vehicles or robots that could do everything that a person could do and not have to worry about it having some sort of volition outside of how it's programmed. like so I think that you know, when you talk about the workers being exploited and there being this two these two different paths, I would say that again, it's that it's that transhuman, transitional species is basically just there to be the guinea pigs to, to get to extract the data, calibrate it, refine it, and then eventually uh, use it to, to, to become, you know, this virtual slash nanobot uh, creature. Right. And then and then your your question about well how does that relate to the to the broader AI? Right, like well, well, I think one of the goal, one of the desires, is not just that you'll get to live forever and you know get to be different bodies and all this other stuff, but it is that um, <clears throat> that you'll be able to interface with and integrate and pull from basically a Google slash Chat GPT or whatever becomes the next iteration, but all that information that's on the internet that you would have it at immediate disposal not just to be able to download it and know it, but to be able to uh, use the information itself to perform other functions through the Internet of Things, sort of like you were saying, like being the data that commands the economy to do these different things. So I don't know that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I certainly don't think that they want everybody to be these so-called gods that, that, uh, that you know, that, that they tout. But um so i agree with you there but as far as like will, will they keep keep regular people
4: around at all i think is uh is a whole other question yeah.
3: how are they gonna like power all this shit with data mines under the sea or what well that's uh, that's interesting because that was another thing i was thinking and i've said it before
5: but i've meant it more in terms of batteries like for data like data generators like like so this this you know i've talked about EdTech. like the students they can't get their algorithms up high enough that you you won't even be allowed to do like the most remedial jobs like you'll just watch ads all day and we'll just we'll, we'll extract value from you based on the analytics we can get for you know marketing and behavior algorithms and things like that but there was a recent article in yahoo that so they're already on the five, six uh, G, and actually they were thinking about it when I wrote the book. Okay, but uh, that part of one of the one of the uh, the ideas they have for six G is that uh, human beings will be antennas or batteries. In other words, that right, you will be sort of a tower that will, uh, you know, either transmit the the energy or the data, but you know, ostensibly also it could be extra, some of the energy could be extracted uh so you know maybe where they get the energy from is <laughs> i mean it's like some matrix stuff where basically they're literally pulling it off of you know and maybe that might be a reason why they would keep around you know this uh this halfway transhuman cyborg creature or something you know to to to
4: fuel everything else
1: well i i mean i just think that that that's those are my suspicions jake that there would be this half human cyborg creature uh, attending to these to to the rest of the humans that are that are going to be plugged in that's that's kind of my i mean ai could do it right? but ai also needs to be controlled by what a human i mean that or, or you know what i mean it's kind of like this is the suspicion that i have it, it's a little <laughs> i don't know it's talking about this it's like <laughs> it's uh quite out there but you know it's not like i said so far-fetched it is
4: what we're seeing um i mean
1: designing babies refrigerating bodies um enhancing augmentation like all this stuff is happening so but that that's as far as like i think that you're confirming my suspicions to
2: Yeah and I I'm not sure I answered Jessica's question about is this possible? I'm just going to use like what I again if I'm going to use marxism as a guide like my understanding of it I think I believe the capitalists are trying to achieve, arrive at a post-capitalism, arrive at a place outside of capitalism. I, I at least think they believe that capitalism is, is going to run them aground. And I agree with Jake that they're going to essentially eliminate workers human workers um and i think that i didn't listen to many of the questions that were asked to martin person but one of the questions was hey martin do we We? you do understand that it's not just about having one identity in the metaverse or in this world you could have multiple identities that means one person one consciousness can be 12 nanobot movers in the physical world different of sorts So." In a sense, in their dream, I believe they can eliminate workers, and they can become both the the thought and the deed, uh, all bound into one, and all just uh, controlled with no with no nobody's nobody's saying you're not paying me enough. Essentially, no one's saying I need this for my for my kids or for my husband or for my wife or my my family. Just basically, the controller completely aligned with the controlled. Um, and the control being the nanobots and the controller being this brain thing. So I I could see that. Um, and, and in a multiple form, I don't, I don't think post capitalism is achievable without revolution and without socialist revolution. So I have to say, I don't think what they're trying to do is achievable. I think capitalism will destroy itself. And this is one of the ways, because I believe profits only come from human labor. That's a Marxist theory where surplus value labor, labor, labor theory of value, but, uh, That's as much as I can say.
1: I mean, Jake, do you have something to say
2: before?
5: I mean, it would would kind of go in another direction, too. I would just pose the question of uh, if you can copy yourself, you're you're this, you know, so you download, scan your brain, identity. They probably don't believe in the soul, so I won't use that term, but maybe they do, right? But whatever that thing, your consciousness, once you download it, if you can copy it, and then it can be. Right. It could be existing in multiple forms at the same time. My my real question is, is that you? Right. And that's a question that they brought up. Like, is is the I part of all the stuff that happens in here, whether it's neurotransmitters, electricity or whatever, like the part of you that you would call yourself like. In other words, once once you get copied. Do you right? Is this is this person in here? Is this is this experience in here? Is it is it there too, or is it basically just a really really sophisticated GIF? (laughs) Right. Right, Like you know, the GIF is programmed to do something you do, and it's just. But so think of a GIF that can do right for for every every mannerism you have, it's got a little algorithm for every thought, every feeling, every right, and they just put it all together. And so you know, it talks like, looks like you, it acts like you, it talks like you, but. Is it just basically pulling from a bunch of basically scripted, you know, very but but mixed together in a way where it almost seems right, organic and and
4: real all the time? Like, is it like doing- a digital clone almost?
2: Yeah, and I would like to stay with that question because that's a really good question. The idea, and this was posed by the Martin person um, about, and what they pretty much said that your true self is only into your, in your intellect, is in your feelings and thoughts and things like that. Yeah. Right. And and I, I will say that I don't believe, that's not my belief. Like my belief is that I am an integration of my emotional, spiritual self, mental self with my physical self. Like I'm shaped so much by the, the parts of like, okay, I'm able to like, you know, do certain things with my body that I know I can do. I also know that my eyesight's going, you know, and and other times my eyesight's been good. My teeth are fucked up, but that's just been part of my life. Like all those things, whether they be shaming based or pride based, have all been part of the development of me. So I don't make a separation between mind and body and nor would I, but I would say what's interesting to me is that, and Jake, you might be no more about that. What the transhumanists say about the, their intellectual self, isn't that the same way? And I'm not saying this to throw shade. I'm just saying, don't Christians look at just the body as like a shell, almost like a pointless shell or a useless shell? So in that regard, because I don't see it that way. I do see these things as integrated, like together, body and mind and soul and spirit. Although I I don't, I'm an atheist, so, but I'm just using those terms. Don't Christians say this is just, to be shed and not really that meaningful and so that the thing inside of you that soul which isn't really encased in your body wouldn't they have more in common with the way the transhumanists see it than what i'm describing that's just a question
3: i don't i don't think so probably jake has a more sophisticated and historically <laughs> <ground laughs> response than me but just i mean just real quick like i mean i i agree with you and that's why i have such a hard time like even just envisioning what this end world would look like is because I don't actually think that you can reduce a human being to data or algorithm or like I just yeah I just think it's more than that but um to me like the the Christian thing I get what you're saying but Christians don't most Christians don't argue that you are supposed to be Trying to transcend or augment your material body, like in this lifetime. Like they accept that we're here, earthly incarnation, whatever. I don't know what the biblical language is for it. And they may have that idea that there's something, you know, the soul that is maybe completely separable from your material vessel or body but to me, there's like a fundamental difference there with accepting that you are human here in this lifetime. And yes, they, they may believe that after you die, you, you know, go on and your soul lives on in some other, you know, even like romanticized afterlife, we could say, but to me, that's very different than a transhumanist who's like, Let's do it now. Like, let's the, develop the technology now.
2: Let, let me be clear. I believe that most Christians, when they hear the transhumanist stuff, they're like, "Fuck no, I don't want that." It's
4: I'm satanic. Just
2: of, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. I'm just saying they seem there was a way that they seem similar. So, and I hear what you said. So, I'm curious, uh, Eduardo and Jake, do you see that same similarity, or do you see like Jessica? Like, no, there's a real difference between the way they're putting it.
4: So it kind of depends like which denomination you're talking about at a certain level.
5: <laughs> no, I mean, because like there's, there's denominations where um, when you're, when you were uh, resurrected right after the final judgment and all that, like you were resurrected in your body, right? Like you're, you still like, like Christ was resurrected in body, right. When you when he came out of the tomb. Right. So, Uh, You know, like, there's a lot of talk in the Bible about the sins of the flesh, um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that uh, Christianity basically thinks that your body, your flesh is just is fundamentally evil. That's really more of a Gnostic approach to it. Um, So, but I will say that, you know, so if you go to other, uh, there's a Mormon transhumanist association right and now, now Mormons are definitely, you know if you're if you asked uh Catholics Orthodox and even a lot of protestants uh you know the, you know Mormons right they have the Book of Mormon right they don't they don't use the same text so they would consider them her- heretical right uh but so so then you do have you know different denominations and uh that that they do see it as right when you're born when you're resurrected that you're 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 just a spirit at that point um but I I think if you if you were going with the apostolic right uh interpretation, whether it's a Catholic Orthodox or maybe, you know, a, a, a Protestants, a broad brush, right? But you know, something like Presbyterians like in, in particular,
4: uh, you know, they would they would see it uh they would not be it would not be compatible for, for the reasons that I sort of laid out. Yeah. I'm, Eduardo, would. uh
2: Yeah, Eduardo, what do you think?
3: Yeah, tell uh, us <laughs> Tell us what the Jehovah's Witnesses are. Yeah, you
2: know,
3: it's, uh... <laughs> I told you um, guys Jehovah's Witnesses came to my door with a fucking QR code not too long ago.
2: <laughs> like, <you gotta> do.
3: <laughs>
2: they
4: got to.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I don't think it's too far from what everything has been said. That Jehovah's Witnesses, though. Unlike other Christian denominations, they just or other other Christian uh, sects. I'll say S-E-C-T-S, not S E X. Uh in my opinion, it's it, they're different because uh, Jehovah's Witnesses only believe one hundred forty four thousand will go to heaven, and other Christian beliefs think that they'll just everyone's going to heaven too. So, so humans, don't, so humans continue to live a long life in paradise after Armageddon here on earth as humans, not as anything else, just immortal. Just like Adam and Eve were immortal. They were to live forever. And that was the whole purpose of God's uh plan on this planet. So it was just to live forever as humans. Not not as angels or anything, not as spirits, not to be uploaded up to heaven clouds, (laughs) so to speak. But so, so that I think is different because when I talk to other Christians, other people, they tend to talk about like after you're dead, your soul goes to heaven or stuff like that. And and Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in a soul like that. They don't think that there's something interior. They just believe we're just once you die, you die, and and then you're resurrected if you if you're going if you're going to. Uh, if you if you did God's will, or if you were ignorant, such as the three of you, not me, because I'm informed, I'm educated, I know, I was enlightened, and I decided to be an apostate, so I don't have hope for resurrection. But the three of you, lost souls, not like spirit souls, but the three of you, as lost sheep of God, you will have a chance after Armageddon to come back and give in a chance to be Jehovah's Witnesses,
2: <laughs> Eduardo. When I get See? that second chance, I'll say I'll do it if you bring Eduardo back. Yeah, and you'll die.
3: <laughs>
2: you'll then die. die. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
5: just want to add too that that's also why, uh, um, you know, <laughs> church. Uh, that's why you don't cremation is frowned upon. Right, like you bury the body, you're not supposed to. Right, the body is important. It's supposed to be. Right, it's supposed to
4: be
3: resurrected. So yeah. Now, like, <laughs> well, you guys, your responses. I was actually just thinking, um, like, back for a second to the surrogacy thing that you brought up, Eduardo. Which to me, that is sort of this stepping stone to what they call like ect- ectogenesis, right? Which is this idea of like birth or being born outside of a womb, which, I mean, the Christ or Jesus coming out of the cave, you know, being reborn kind of is that in a way. And even the, I mean, there, obviously Mary's womb was there, but the idea of the Immaculate Conception, I don't know, is that transhumanist? I don't know. I mean, my experience of like actual Christians in the world is that a lot of them have a deep um, like respect for the human body and also nature. Like, we haven't really talked about that, but like, God it turns humans fucking hate <laughs> nature. And I, yeah, I mean, that's one reason I asked the question about like what's what's gonna power all this shit because the ecosystems are gonna be completely right. Destroyed Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess some of the, some of the the sort of stories, the Christian mythology, like I can see how, how it has a sort of transhumanist leaning in some ways based on my limited biblical readings from the age of zero to seven, (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> the only thing I would say is that I mean, you, perhaps you could look metaphorically at some passages, but I mean, the the bottom line is that, like as as I've said repeatedly on the show, and as you know, many of these books here, like they they one of the premises is that they will be their own gods. That is fundamentally the that is what the the serpent tells Adam, and even the garden, It's not you know what I mean. It's not what God tells you. You're not supposed to, try to be your own god right like you're not supposed to uh try to transcend you know the the moral law and the, the categories of reality that we've been given uh you know i mean that's sort of the definition of the sin right it's basically you know transgressing rather than transcending uh you know the the
4: the moral categories that, that we have right but I, I wanted to say uh as well um that this, this notion of the I. Because this is
5: something that I kind of regret not adding at the end of that presentation I did with all the artwork and the, way I wanted to talk about transgenders and transhumans and all that, uh, and and that is uh, that that like that question about is there an I or is the I that I that I experience in, in my inner monologue inside my head, which right which I perceive to be my soul. Right. But when I say I, you know, when I'm when I'm in 20 years, when I'm old and wrinkly and everything. Right. And I say I I'm referring to that same that same thing, that same experience, that same essence, whatever it is. Right. And I'm referring to the same thing when I think back when I was a kid, even though I have a totally different body. Right. And so, you know, if you're someone like you Yuval Noah Harari, like he he poses the question, basically, like, is that is that just. Ephemeral. Is it just noise? Is it like the analogy he uses is the roar that an engine makes when a plane is flying through the air, meaning right, like that the sound does not propel the engine or the plane, right? It has no function on what the plane is or does as far as its ability, right, to get off the ground and land, right? It's 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 secondary. It's right. It's just noise. It doesn't mean anything. It's not.
4: It's not an agent in the process. and you know, if you believe that,
5: well, then I guess it's it's you know we don't need to answer the question about whether or not uh, when we copy ourselves, well, we will still exist there. Right? Your soul or whatever will go into it, but at the end of the day, we'll never have the answer to that question because the only way you—it's it, like the experience of pain, right? This is why when you go to the doctor, Bob, there's, there's no metrics to say. How much pain you're experience it's totally subjective it totally has to do with the the eye the that experience that inner monologue that, that thing that the the narrative and the experience in here right like my my friend got knots in my hands from kung fu and stuff and uh you know i got a friend back before covid and i uh, existed in reality with human beings and had personal relationships with people but he would you you know, it's a knot and it hurts really bad. And he knows it hurts because he can feel it. And I'm like, you know, and I'm just, he's like, man, he's like, he got a really high pain tolerance, meaning like my wife, right? She wouldn't, you know, I mean, she wouldn't get that far, right? Once it started hurting a little bit, it would be like, ouch, too much. So when you're at the doctor and you got the pictures there, right? Smiley face, right? One to 10. They have to ask you and you have to tell them because that's the only metric they have. To be able to say does this hurt too much right so uh meaning when you get copied, right you can only the only way you'd know if that thing is still the eyes if you asked it but so if you ask it and it goes yeah i'm still me except that you don't know that it's if it's programmed to saying that or if it actually is if it's actually having an experience you would only know that if you were copied so in other words the only answer to the question is to be copied. Like we can't get that question, which means that what what this leads to is the point that I wanted to make on the other show, which is that the existence of the I, the self, the core of the identity, the essence, the soul, whatever you want to call it, you have to have a faith that it is there. You have to believe in it. There's no way to. It's not you know all the remember when I had the the dog with all the categories right to what is a dog? Well, it's got four legs and it's got hair and barks and well, remember that Rothbard, Rothbard, Rothblatt. Uh, she says she makes the distinction like, well, we're going to move from people saying "I'm not my genes" to "I'm not to I am my being." Well, you're still defining yourself in in terms of these secondary categories, which are which are all transmutable, which is the, which is the process they're describing. So, if there's an if there is an I, it is not any of those secondary categories. It's that thing that is that that exists. Within it and transcends all of it, and the only way that you can experience it or know it is to believe that it's there. And conversely, if you don't believe that it's there, if you don't believe there's an I, then why are we having this conversation? I mean, you know what I mean? Why are we having this conversation? I mean, it just what that would preclude is that it's all just evolution. Whether or not there's an I, whether or not it goes into the machine, whether or not it's you still exist, whether or not people are exploited or Uh, you know, horribly experimented upon or whether they, whether they even suffer doesn't matter because there's no I in there and it's all just evolution and it's for progress anyways. And and so, you know, that's, that's, uh,
4: to me, I think there's, there has to be a, a faith or a belief component to any concept of identity, I guess is what I'm thinking.
2: Thank you, Jake, for trying to end this episode on the question of, do we all believe in a soul or not?
5: Well, we that's just, like a, that's such a you can <laughs> back and just refer to the the self, right? <laughs> what is the is there a self? Because that's a totally post- We're going to
2: have to do an episode on is there a soul? That's like, that's clearly what's going to have to happen. That's a good point.
3: There. But do I know you're an atheist, Andy, But like, don't you? I don't think it has to even be framed. You're like soul. Like when you hear Rothblatt talking, and even like the people who ask the questions in the Q and A.
2: Oh, no, I I think what Jake's saying is... so
3: sad. There's, like, an element of sadness, and maybe this is me just, like, projecting my worldview onto it, but to me, they just sound like... It's, like, people that, like, got picked last in PE class in, like, the seventh grade and just, like, never got over it. And never, and now they're like these full-grown men who are not willing to reckon with their trauma, and are like taking it out by literally trying to destroy humanity and like the whole world as we know it with with them. And I feel like like that is like uh, fundamentally, I think, like is Martine Rothblatt just. So like terrified or traumatized by like the notion of whatever his eye, like whether it's a soul or whatever, that like he's just unwilling to <laughs> to, to debate. I don't know. I mean it might just be my fear, no, I mean it's just I, there's just an element of sadness which to me is like unquantifiable.
2: First of all, I agree with you. Um the after I saw the the martin rothblatt video i mean this was the book i read um the marxist theory on alienation right um because that i can't speak to a person who seemed more alienated than that person i don't feel sorry for them because they're a fucker and um and they're trying to do destructive things to people under the name of trying to help people and i'm disgusted by them but um I do think they are a product, like like many of us, like much of the ills that are here, that humans experience of that alienation. But I I really do think that question of soul, like I'm not being like, oh, I'm an atheist. There's no soul. I'm actually, I am an atheist. I have a question about what I think Christians call souls and what what would I, because there's some things I can't explain. So what do I say exists then? You know, so that's why he's opening up a door that I would like to talk about more. That gets us into a different conversation, you know? Um, Cause I don't think transhumanists give a shit about souls or not souls. They're just looking to destroy and and use and use up for themselves. They're like, I think the way Jake put it was like, maybe the new definition biblically is like transhumanists, are basically people who want to prove that the snake was right and God was wrong. <laughs>
4: I don't
5: want to go on my long, my, my tirade about Gnosticism and the, and the the Gnostic garden story. I've said it many times on the, on, on the show. you you all heard it before. I feel like I've talked too much today. Anyway.
2: No, it was great to have you, Jake.
3: I think that's a good place to... End. Yeah, and it was really...
2: Again, the piece that I think that I really appreciate you bringing in, which we could have discussed more, is just the eugenics, roots of this thing, which I keep forgetting because um, I think of it so digitally, but I forget that it has very old non-digital roots.
5: Yeah, I, 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 I wish that I, I wanted to know that one, what I should have said, I should have saved it. We talked about it beforehand, but you remember that they all, uh, there were several people there uh that said i can't wait to meet you in person in a conversation where they're saying that your digital representation of yourself is just as good as if not better than your physical self so then why do you need to meet this person in person if what you're doing now is the same thing if not better and what you you know and they were totally unaware of what that what that implies about this theory
4: uh,
3: yeah i feel like you know, I don't know, maybe that's helpful, because, yeah, like, there was this element that, oh, like, oh, too bad, you're not here in person, or, like, oh, let's get um a coffee or a beer sometime, like, these, like, you know, taste, oh, my God, like, what would it be like to consume something that tastes good, or makes you feel good in your body, and even, like, the boy's a fucking billionaire and he doesn't have like a ring light or something right like he's sitting there in the dark in this like i mean we think eduardo's quality is bad right now but like it's just bizarre like it just shows you're like like are you just not you're giving a fucking like transhumanist convention at this on this big stage and you and you don't have a a light bulb or something like it just to me it's all like evidence that, that it's just a a house of cards or something i don't know Like they clearly want connection they clearly they want to meet in person they want human connection
5: right and that was uh, right and that's what i'm saying that's evidence that their theory is wrong that there is a self that, that your digital self is not the same because otherwise you wouldn't want to see the person in person and the other the other thing that stood out to me was the whole thing's about non-binary, non-binary, non-binary. There's all these ambiguous areas. But then the one lady asks, uh, ask her, and she goes, "Well, you had this flow chart, and it was like all these things that led to transhumanism, and then there was this other, and everything else led to suffering." Sounds like a binary to me. It's either transhumanism or suffering, right? And that's how the and and then she goes, "Oh, uh, and like she clearly looked like it had not. She had not thought of it like that. Like was totally oblivious to it and was like, "Oh, I'll have to, you know, revive that." So it's like, you know, it's just another example of the blind spots in, in a lot of this stuff. But hey, you know, when it gets money and funding and support from the World Economic Forum, I, I guess you know, I guess you wouldn't know that your theory didn't hold water because everybody's giving you money and and all you know and promoting. You
2: know. Can, can I just say though that I didn't see that question, but I actually believe that. Rosenblatt?
3: Rothblatt?
2: Rothblatt. I don't fucking... Roth, I believe...
3: Martin I think, Martin <laughs> is his old name.
2: I don't care about their name. They're, they're jerks. Um, but I believe that they actually are right in that. Because I actually do believe that it's going to be the transhumanists and the sufferers. But I don't think that that's how they're thinking about it. They're thinking about it like, oh, we can go this direction, as if they're taking everyone on Noah's Ark. But no. Nah, there's going to be the transhumanists and the sufferers. And I think there's going to be a set of us doing that thing.
4: Well, I'll take some yeah. and, <laughs>
2: and I agree with you. Yeah. I'd rather be a worker than a capitalist.
5: I was going to know earlier when, when I almost interrupted Andy, I, you may or may not need to record this, but when you talked about the surrogate thing coming out of eugenics, there was, it was William Shockley and another guy who set up, this the uh, what was known as the was it the genius sperm bank it's called the repository for germinal choice i believe was the name of it it's the 80s or 90s but it was this thing set up by william shockley who was who was an explicitly avowed eugenicist right he's cited in my book and, uh i won't digress uh but the whole idea that sperm bank uh was you know so that they could basically uh you know, women that, wanted a surrogate or whatever that they you can have genius babies and um and that so it's literally a e- eugenics uh comes, comes directly out and of it yeah.
3: and in like the western world like regulated surrogacy like you better be white you better have no tattoos you better have you better meet every fucking you know check every box um it's insane the requirements <laughs>
4: There was this documentary
5: about i wish i could remember the name or the guy that it was about but this guy that was running a fertility clinic it wasn't it's not funny it wasn't telling because it's just it's so ridiculous it wasn't telling these women that he was giving them apparently he was giving them his semen
2: i remember that and there was
5: like 50, i mean like these people somehow through, through 23 and me or something they started to find out that they were related and
4: it was like it was a ridiculous a
3: super father or whatever yeah
4: I
2: remember that
3: doesn't Elon Musk have like talk about similar stuff of like he wants like his seed spread like all over or whatever
5: supposedly Jeffrey Epstein said it oh
3: yeah that too yeah that too yeah uh, you know,
5: supposedly now I do like I, I do know that he I've done, I've done the research on it uh, that he did fund a, a lot of AI and other, I can't remember the particulars, but various foundations and institutes that were into AI and all types of stuff like that. You know, So a lot of the stuff that fits into the transhumanist uh, agenda. And supposedly there were quotes from people that were there that said he talked about eugenics quite a bit.
1: Well, these billionaires doing what they want, this this discussion this episode turned and it went elsewhere and I think it's all related but it really did give us new or at least it gave me a new perspective and also just something new for us to discuss on what's left it just it's not like it's nothing related to actually what we've already discussed in the past but it is always good to revisit and, it, and I'm glad you were here Jake for us to have yeah. you on. <laughs> yeah.
3: I feel like we all need to go like put our feet in some grass and. Yes.
1: well there's a lot to discuss i think we'll have to invite jake for another episode for this and we'll have to pull out everything we know about psychedelics and theology (laughs) all right let's do this that's it that does it for this week's episode what's left is a weekly political podcast slash challenge to the mainstream left we post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes where we have this episode or on our blog what's left podcast.com again that's what's left you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us i remind folks if you like anything you've heard here please subscribe rate you, turn on your notifications to any of our eight platforms i mean various platforms on the spotify itunes podcast Digital google play bit shoot obviously youtube rumble or telegram you can find our blog in any of those links in the episode notes where we found this episode and if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to co- cover contact us through our blog i'm Barco with Cookbos, jessica and andy Lipson. and thank you very much uh jake for joining us uh we look forward to having you again in the future and everyone should check out uh his book the school world order the technocratic globalization of corporatized education that does it for this week's episode thank you very much we'll see you all next time ciao